Hello, and welcome back to Boundaries Plus. I am your host, Portia. I am happy to be back with you all after a couple of weeks. I hope that things are going well for everyone. As we know, life continues to life and the world continues to be the world. And it seems like every day we're waking up to something new and something intense that can challenge our peace, it can challenge our joy. But I want to remind you all that you deserve to protect your peace. You deserve to protect your joy. So I hope that you are doing just that. I hope that you are finding ways to stay grounded as best as possible while we do the best that we can. I have been busy settling into my new place. I think a lot of you know that I have recently relocated to Chicago and I've been settling in and just happier and happier getting things in order super excited to be doing this more, which is talking with you all through Spotify and on my podcast. Um, I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. And honestly, this is speaking about protecting our peace and our joy. Being here, being in a place that I love is one way that it's it's allowing me to have that. You know, It's allowing me to find some peace in the chaos that is this world right now. It's allowing me to find some joy in the nonsense that is this world right now. And I'm just happy to be doing this and what I love. Um, what I wanted to talk about today on this episode is something that I've been speaking about a lot on my TikTok platform, which is where a lot of my content is. So if you're, if you're not following me on TikTok, please do. Portia.noir, shameless plug. Um, <laughs> one of the things I've been talking about a lot, or one of the conversations that's been happening a lot, is about community, um, community versus group. Shout out to my best friend, White Woman Whisperer, Rebecca, for that. But community versus group and punitive justice versus transformative justice. And it's a conversation that has needed to happen for a while, has been happening in some situations and in some communities and some places, but not enough, not enough. I want to start first with the difference between community and group. When you look at a group, um, if you like look at a group, a team or a group or uh, a clique almost, it is everybody that is thinking the exact same way. The mindset is the same. The opinions are the exact same. There's nothing different. There's no difference of opinions. There's not a way to um, identify each individual person within that group. It is a group mentality. And while that can be comforting at times and sometimes even necessary, when it comes to doing work in a social justice realm, when it comes to uh, finding people that are like-minded when it comes to decolonizing and dismantling system of oppression and becoming an active anti-racist, the reason why community is necessary is because we still want curious minds. And that leads us into community. Community is where you can have individuals that have the end goal the same, the end goal, and let's use decolonizing as our example here, where the end goal is to in fact create active anti-racist, where the end goal is to in fact create um, a dismantling of the system of oppression. It is in fact to decolonize the minds and the thinking and the words and, and the actions that have been part of your life up to now, but you realize are causing harm to other groups. And I explain all of this, and I'm sure you're thinking, well, Portia, don't we want people to think the same way if that's what our end goal is? Ultimately, 
what we are looking for are individuals doing this work. That means that people are going to be starting from different places. They're going to be coming from different backgrounds. They're going to be coming from different home lives, meaning that their thinking or the way they say things or the way they approach things might be slightly different than the way that you do, but that does not mean they don't have the same end goal. That does not mean that they have to say things in the way that you are used to saying it for it to be valuable. That does not mean that there has to be a specific tone or a specific type of language used in order for that end goal to be the same. There does not have to be this cult-like mentality where everybody looks the exact same, walks the exact same way, and talks the exact same way. And once you break away from that process, once you're that thinking, once you step away from that thought that everybody has to say the exact same thing in the exact same way, it allows you to recognize that you're working with people that again have that same goal. And the thought process with that too as well is that, well, I can stop policing some language here or some tones because what they're saying, what they're saying, what the end goal, what their solution is, what their hope is, is the same thing that I want. It just sounds a little bit different and it could sound different for any number of reasons. One of the things I've been seeing happening is people, specifically white people that are in this work of decolonizing and, and becoming active anti-racist, they get to this point in their work where they feel, they feel like they have done so much and they know so much and they're so ahead of the game that when somebody new comes to the work, they are in a position to critique, to criticize, and to sometimes even attempt to shame somebody else for saying something wrong for maybe, and not even even wrong, there's that binary right and wrong, but maybe saying something that could use a little bit of a shift, that there might be some error to it, but it is easily addressed and then acknowledged and then shifted and corrected. But because there's this mindset of, well, (laughs) I made the decision months ago to do this, so clearly I have all the answers, there comes this air of superiority, superiority. And is that that something that we want in this work? But I, I digress. There comes this air of superiority where I now have the right to tell this person how wrong they are, how incorrect they are, and that they're just doing everything in the wrong way and they're not making any type of progress. And what happens with that is a person that's just showing up is left to feel like, well, if I don't get this done perfectly, then why am I even here? If I'm not going to be perfect at this, why am I doing this? What's perfection also a pillar of? So we've mentioned now superiority and we've mentioned perfection. And these are things that are showing up in groups of people that say that they want to decolonize and become active anti-racist. Okay, so we've got the, the superiority thought the moral superiority, the moral authority. We have this expectation of perfection as opposed to progress. And you have the people that are showing up that feel immediately shunned and shamed and they step away. And as a quick offshoot, and I have something else that I've talked about, if somebody is leaving the opportunity to become an active anti-racist because they aren't accepted for their perfection, there's going to be a group of people that are willing to swoop right in, feed them words and information and thoughts that are harmful to other people, to other groups, and make them feel like they're perfect because they are welcoming them in. They are saying, yes, absolutely come over and join this group, this group that is designed to throw hate at other people because we don't feel that they are good enough. But again, 
when you have somebody that has just been shunned from a group saying they want to do good from a group that should be a community of people wanting to make a change if they are shunned and they are left as humans we look we look for community that's part of who we are so you shun them and they're going to find somebody or somebody's going to find them and swoop in and make them feel like they are welcomed and that they're cared for and that they're wanted that's the thing about hate groups even though the process behind it, even though their ultimate goal is to cause harm to a group of people they hate, when it comes to recruiting people, they will seem like the most loving and accepting people in the world. What do you mean the left didn't take you? What do you mean those liberals didn't want you? What do you mean they told you that you were wrong? They don't know what they're talking about. Come right over here. Meanwhile, we have people that again say they want to be doing the work of effective change but they're still stuck in that mindset of of upholding white supremacy which is again something that you that you are born into if you're white that is something that you can't prevent as a child but you can certainly correct as an adult but you have this mindset of or you have this this way of upholding what was inherently given to you because when you found yourself getting something in your mind quote unquote, right, you thought or you felt that was the time for you to stop doing any other learning, that it was time for you to stop doing any other deconstructing or any other decolonizing or any other self-examination or self-work. And that's not the case. So we find ourselves losing more people because they don't feel welcome. And it stems from you know, going back to what's what it's upholding and this the white supremacy culture that, you know, that is just here. It's part of our country. It's it's part of our country. It's part of our world. It's just here. And one thing that stems from it is uh, the punitive justice that I mentioned a little bit earlier is where you have to go over where the mindset not have to where you think and you feel that the only way to correct a wrong or to right a wrong is to go after a person directly, as opposed to a situation as opposed to an action or a behavior. An example, let's use an example. We're gonna call this person Alice. Alice has recognized in her life and her living that this is just not the world that she wants to have. This is not the world that she wants to live in. This is not the world that she wants for other people. She's opened her eyes to seeing just how harmful this world is to people that they don't deem valuable. Okay, so Alice has decided to step in to decolonization work and to becoming an active anti-racist. And Alice finds some people that she can recognize from whether it's words they're saying, whether it's signs that are up, whether it's social media, but she has found some people that appear to be doing the same work, the decolonizing work, the anti-racism work. And so Alice approaches them and it's like, yes, this is, this is something that I really wanna do. This is something that I'm really interested in. You know, I had no idea how bad things were. I had no idea that when I said this or when I said X, Y, Z, it was racist or it was harmful. And you have, let's use Joe and Beth. I have no idea where these names are coming from. So if you're Alice, Joe or Beth, please know that they are just coming to me randomly. <laughs> but you have Joe and Beth that look at Alice and say, what do you mean you didn't know that was wrong? How did you not know that? Or let's fast forward to Alice now getting into some things and she, maybe she's read some books or she's watched some videos or she's done some sort of work and she says something and she says something in maybe a slightly off way. Maybe she uses 
BIPOC instead of Black, Indigenous, and other people of color. Maybe she uses that when she's talking about Black people. And here comes Joe saying, how dehumanizing to Black people that you're going to use BIPOC instead of saying it all the way, saying it all the way out. How could you do that? That is just, that is wrong. That is not how we refer to Black people. You just don't know what you're doing. So in this scenario, let's just go ahead and stop really quick. First of all, again, Alice has just decided to, to show up, right? So she's, she's learning. She's learning things so differently than when you send your child to preschool and then to kindergarten and all the way throughout the rest of school, you're learning so different than if you have a job and you're in your training period because it's a brand new job. You have no idea what you're doing. You're learning. We give grace to so many situations for people that are entering into something that they have no idea what is going on. We give grace for them in situations that make sense, but then we don't give such grace in situations that also make sense. So you've got Joe now telling Alice that she's completely wrong and how dare she. Beth is smirking and mocking perhaps. And now Alice doesn't want to do anything else. Why? Because Alice thought she found community. Alice thought she found like-minded people. And then when Alice had one slip up, a mistake as a human being would be, as a human being would do, Joe and Beth are shaming her. They're mocking her. They're telling her she's wrong. Instead of discussing the behavior, instead of discussing the harm that could be caused, and when I say discuss, I mean discuss, not to lecture, they go directly after that person. Very punitive, very pointed, very direct. The harm has not been addressed. How to stop that harm has not been addressed. And more importantly, more harm has been caused. Now Alice has been harmed, her feelings are hurt, and your feelings are valid. I will say all the time, you've heard me say this, that you have to decenter yourself. That does not mean that you do not have feelings that you address with yourself or with community when you find it, on and on and on. So all of these things are being pointed directly at Alice, and now Alice says, forget it. Forget it. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I thought this was going to be. This is not what I thought was going to happen. And we can come back to Alice later about walking away that quickly, but I want to talk about again that that punitive justice where they directly attacked Alice and nothing came from that other than somebody who had the thought to decolonize walking away due to direct harm caused by them, caused to them by people that felt that they know it all. If we look at this at a direction from transformative justice, if we look at this at a direction of how effective change can actually happen, if we look at this from a, a viewpoint of how community is built, you have Joe and Beth here that look at Alice and say, Alice, oh my God, thank you. You know, this is, this is happy. I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that you've started to do this. Here's some things that I have picked up along the way. Here are some things that I have learned along the way. And here's the reason why I changed what I was saying and how I was saying it. I changed these things because I realized that what I was doing before was causing harm to somebody else. What happened there is you addressed Alice, you made her feel welcome in a place that it's necessary to feel welcome in because we are doing what we can to create effective change for everybody in this world, for liberation for everybody. You've welcomed Alice and you've made her feel like she's in a place where she can be herself but still learn. You've acknowledged the fact that she said something, that she said something, that she said something. And then in that acknowledgement of saying something, 
you have offered the feedback of here's what you said, here's harm that could potentially happen, here's something different that you can do going forward. Now, nobody feels ostracized. The acknowledgement that the work is going to be done is there. And the feedback for where a misstep was placed is also there. And feedback, my darlings, feedback is a gift. I will say that every day. Feedback is a gift. If you have somebody that decides to take the time to acknowledge what you said, to acknowledge some potential harm, and then help you to stop from doing that again, that is a gift. And what that allows for is for transformation. It allows for transformation, some justice, and again, liberation, which if you say that you want to be an active anti-racist, and if you say that you want to decolonize, then your end goal should be the liberation for all. And that, that takes community. You want somebody to say something. You want somebody to do something. You want somebody to act in some sort of way. You can't know that you are getting it wrong, or you can't know that you're causing harm or that you have caused harm or that what you have been taught has caused harm until you get a chance to say it. Now, there are going to be some things that you know blatantly that are just going to hurt somebody. And that's, that's things that we just pick up. But there are other ways that things kind of slip in and out and the ways that we've been taught and raised and have lived. But sometimes you say it, you don't realize you cause harm, but somebody needs to let you know. But you can let somebody know in a way that stops the harm and does not perpetuate the harm that was already there. This feeling, this, this, this individualism that is so prevalent, especially in this country, is something that is going to be one of the biggest battles that will continue to be fought. It is important to be individual. It is not necessary to focus on individualism. We absolutely want people to have their own mind process, their own mind, their own thinking. We want people to say things in the way that makes sense to them. We do not want a, a bunch of people lined up in a row, marching, saying the exact same thing and not hearing any individual thoughts, emotions, or feelings. We want the end goal to be the same, but we want individuals doing this work. You have to, you have to allow yourself the opportunity to build community which means that you have to remember that while you are doing this work, you are always doing this work. And this message is gonna come specifically to white people because decolonizing work is for everybody. It's for everybody. But I want this specifically for white people. When you decide to become an active anti-racist, you should never, ever, ever, ever consider yourself an expert in that line of work. You should not consider yourself a subject matter expert in that line of work. If for no other reason, then you cannot speak to the experiences that racism brings. And you're still speaking from a place of somebody that benefits from racism, directly benefits from racism being in place. You need to stay curious. You need to stay open-minded. You need to stay open to feedback and you need to stay ready to continue learning. Another thing I've said is that critique without solutions, critique without feedback is just criticism. And it, is no, it does nothing more than keep harm in place. It does nothing more than allow harm to continue. 
critique with solutions, critique that is constructive, critique with feedback, that is what, again, allows the space and the room for things to change and to shift in the way that it's necessary to. A question that you have to ask yourself is what do I want? What do I, what's my goal? What am I doing here? What do I want to see happen? What am I working for? What am I working towards? Those are things to keep in mind. You know, I love to leave you all with some action items. I'm about ready to wrap up for this episode. So some action items that I want you really to think about is what does community look like to you? Do you find yourself in community? Do you find yourself in a group? And I want you to think about punitive justice versus transformative justice. Think about past experiences. Think about past conversations. Think about what that looked like. Did you find yourself on the punitive side or the transformative side? And if you found yourself on the punitive side, I want you to think about how that could have changed. What could you have done differently? What could have shifted? What, what's going to help you start to lead from a place of transformation as opposed to a place of shame or attempting to shame somebody else? I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I think that we're going to keep this one going for a while because I really believe I believe that this community can be built. I believe that community can be built for the people. I know that it's there. And I want to encourage you all to keep trying this work, this, this, this work, the work of liberation is not effectively possible without community. I love you all. Make sure to stay hydrated. Make sure to take this, these thoughts that came from this to your journal. And I will see you all soon.